This is Jody Flynn of Women Taking the Lead, and in this episode, I have Kara Macklin of Karam. She's a visionary success coach, and we're going to talk about how to develop creative, visionary thinking and why that's so important right now. Stay tuned. One of the biggest challenges to people be able to think creatively and differently. First thing is people's mind is going so quickly, even before COVID. Um, and when you ask people where do their best ideas come from, they tell you out for a walk in the bath, in the shower, or just about to get into bed. No one ever says when I'm in work all day, really busy. So if you think of that analogy before COVID, when our mind is racing, we cannot come up with the best ideas. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I am here with Kara Macklin, a multi-award winning entrepreneur and business success coach who has been recognized for her achievements, including Women in Business, Outstanding Innovation, IOD Finalist, Director of the Year for Innovation, Women in Business, Young Business Woman of the Year, and Northern Ireland's Top 40 Under 40, and has been featured on BBC, Thrive Global, and TEDx. She disrupted the elderly healthcare industry in Ireland, creating the first lifestyle care home cited by IOD chairman as a world-class concept. Cara left her family business and founded Karam as a visionary success coach to elevate dynamic leaders ambitious to do things differently and achieve even more through her unique blend of business acumen, creative thinking, and success mindset. Kara, that's just a little overview. I know there is so much more um, that you've done and you have going on. So if you could just tell us a little bit more about you and what you're up to in the world. Yes, Jody, and thanks so much for having me on today. So as you said, I, I was in a family business. I grew up, I say my journey as an entrepreneur started at five years old around a kitchen table. And I had my first business at 15 at school running buses to nightclubs for my friends. Um, so I always say it was a very important community service. And I went on then, I, I worked in the family business for 15 years as a director. We scaled that business to over 700 employees and seven businesses. Um, sorry, 600 employees and seven businesses during that time. I was in London for a few years. I worked in Marks and Spencers. Um, and Yes, as you said, I disrupted the elderly care market. Our family business is hospitality and healthcare. Um, I disrupted the elderly care market in 2017, which I'm sure we'll go on a bit more to in terms of that project. And I also trained in 2017 as a professional coach. So I left my family business in 2019 to set up my own business to coach other entrepreneurs and really visionary leaders and help them. Yes. And you self-describe as a visionary success coach, which is unique. I have not heard it said that way before. So um, explain what that type of coaching is and what you work on with your clients. Mm -hmm. So my passion, as you can probably tell as an entrepreneur, is imagination and innovation and, and vision. You know, I talk about what's in the future and how we can create things. And I then, so I help people create a vision and new ideas for their business and for their own life as well in terms of what is the ideal vision of what they want and then you know combining obviously my coaching training and business acumen and, and what I have done everything I use 
is what I've used myself for my own success. Um, we then build that together for a bespoke program for them um, in terms of helping them get to that. But the whole foundation of it is creative thinking, imagination. That's where the journey starts for me in terms of people creating their ideal vision. Um, so that's where the title came from. I love that. And I imagine, especially right now, because I, I would openly say globally, we are in crisis right now. We are in crisis in business. We are in crisis personally. Our lives have our lives have been disrupted, and mm-hmm. this is one of those opportunities. Like you know, they say you know the word in Chinese for crisis means opportunity and chaos. You know, so there really is this opportunity before us, and I imagine visionary and futuristic thinking is so vital right now. But I want to ask you. Why is this the type of coaching that you do so important right now? Sure. So I, I mean, as you say, opportunity. I've just set up my new business, Karen, um, in the middle of COVID. And and for me, I felt there was an opportunity to really support and help leaders, as you have said, with this vision piece. And, you know, if I give you an example, one of the biggest challenges to people be able to think creatively and differently. First thing is people's mind is going so quickly, even before covid um, and when you ask people where do their best ideas come from, they tell you out for a walk, in the bath, in the shower, or just about to get into bed. No one ever says when I'm in work all day really busy. So if you think of that analogy before COVID, when our mind is racing, we cannot come on with, up with the best ideas. So if you go back to Edison, Henry Ford, um, Einstein, those guys spent hours and days training their mind to slow down so that they can go into their subconscious mind and come up with the best thinking. Um, so that's part of what I do in terms of, you know, helping leaders um, get properly into their subconscious mind. That's one of the challenges. And, and what we're going through right now, people's mind and life is in one way going quicker than ever. Um, so, I, you know, for me, I think we have a massive opportunity as a society to look at, take a, you know, I say for me, it's a pause. It's not a stop. The world is going to come back. yes. There's terrible things happening. Yes, from a health point of view, it's horrendous. But, you know, take a step back and think. I see a lot of entrepreneurs who are doing things because they feel they have to do them or they've always been doing them. Um, now is the time to take a pause and, and take a step out of that rat race and think, okay, what are the new ideas? And people say to me, oh, and we're going to bring in external consultants to come up with innovation and new ideas in our business. You know, I don't want to offend any innovation consultants. But that for me is absolute rubbish. The best ideas are within the leaders, within your people in the business. You just need to have the right structure around you. So I I don't come up with the best ideas to help leaders run their business. I help them come up with the best ideas. Um, So there's lots of techniques I use. And and for me, I said to someone recently, you know, there is no formula. You know, people are trained as doctors, they're trained as accountants, they're trained as lawyers. There was a system that they were trained in and there was right and wrong answers. There is no right and wrong answers nowadays. And that ability for leaders to, you know, get into their imagination and think creatively, that is a skill and a technique that comes with practice. We are all creative. We were creative as children. We then go through a system of school, education, university, corporate world, and the answer is right or wrong. So we lose we're pushed into a funnel actually where we use it less and less. And for me, the people who have the ability to 
um, use that muscle quickly are the people who are going to solve the complex problems that the world is now facing. And they are the leaders who are going to, for me, succeed the most in the future, not the leaders who have the experience in terms of, well, this is the right and wrong answer. Because as I said at the beginning, there is, there is no formula mm-hmm. for this. I, you, my mind is going in so many different directions at once because I, I'm thinking about, you know, we've had this like huge disruption. And, you know, typically when we think of the word of disruption in terms of the economy or business, it's a good thing. Like we want to disrupt markets. We want a product that disrupts the marketplace because that's where change comes from. That's where we make leaps and advances. And rather than a jarring experience you are trying to create for your clients an experience where they slow down and go within um, and that's such a coaching philosophy that the answers are within you it's just your mind is moving so quickly and focused on the problems in like a narrow way of looking at them that you're not your mind isn't open to new possibilities and new opportunities um, and it, it goes with um, a book I'm reading right now where they give examples of how it's typically young children who are the most capable of, mm-hmm. of creative solve problem solving because they don't have this rigid view of you use a pen to write, mm-hmm. you know, or paper is only to be written upon. They, they're not locked in to this is how you do it. And so they're more open to it. So, and I always love, you know, that example of getting back to a place of childlike wonder you know, to, to find opportunities and there's uh, a peacefulness and an ease in that and the inspiration. I could go on and on. You're the guest. So I want to focus on, on you, but I'm so inspired and lit up by what you're saying. So, okay, let's, let me ask you this. What are some of the typical challenges your clients are faced with when they, they realize like, okay, I need to work with you because you do this particular type of coaching, working on the future vision and the next level of their business? Yeah, so the biggest challenge is, I mean, I, you're right in terms of the coaching. So one part of what I do is that mindset stuff in terms of helping them expand their thinking. The other work I do is what I have used in my business techniques that I've used to actually, you know, integrate new ways, new ideas, innovation. So that's processes that I have learned and created in terms of disrupting the healthcare market. So I take, you know, help them alongside just the mindset stuff. Um, the biggest challenge is, you know, if I give you a few of them, one is um, p- people don't have time to think properly. Um, so that's number, that's one barrier to creativity and, and their imagination and be able to get themselves out of this disruption um, positively. So I help them with that in terms of giving them the time. Um, the other big challenge I see is getting clarity. You know, entrepreneurs and visionary leaders, I mean, I suppose that entrepreneur trait I fall into, we have so many ideas. We want to do so many things. Um, actually helping us get clarity on what is the one thing we're going to do next. Um, because I use the analogy, if, if you don't have clarity on where you're going, all you're doing is you're on a roundabout and there's eight turnoffs. And you just keep going around because you have all eight in your head. Um, so you're literally going nowhere. Um, so getting clarity is the other piece. Um, and, and one of the biggest barriers as well, um, and again, I don't want to scare any of your listeners, but the more experience and the deeper someone's knowledge, so I call it their funnel of knowledge is in something, the more difficult it is to get them out of that. So if you've had 20 years in one industry, 
you know, it's like the more times you train a muscle, the quicker it goes back to that. So to take them, as I say, out of the trenches and try to see other ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will help them with that. So I will question and give them techniques and, and challenge, like you say, in terms of how do you get people to see something from a different angle? Um, and that is where the best ideas come from. Um, mm. And they then do that with their team. And, you know, that had me thinking because like strategic thinking and planning, you know, is as much about what are we not going to do mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to what are we going to do? So when you describe that roundabout with eight turnoffs, it's like mm-hmm. if you don't know what you're trying to avoid or what you're going to focus on, then you are going to spin in place indecisive mm-hmm. about how to move forward or you might half-heartedly commit to something, not mm-hmm. quite sure you've made the right decision. So you brought up, and I wanted to get back to this, um, the example of how you disrupted the healthcare market because if if that is not a market where the tried and true and what's been done, before, you hear constantly, like, we've always done it this way, this is the way we do it. Like When people think about changing healthcare, that's daunting, but you did it and you did it at a young age. What what happened there? How did it come about? Yes, I mean, I always say any industry, rightly so, that's highly regulated and you're dealing with people's lives. So airline industry, healthcare, you know, it should be very cautious disruption. And that is right. And I don't like that, as you can probably tell, but it came around because I... I suppose in my heart, I just believed elderly people deserve the very, very best. Um, and I'm not saying we didn't have the best in Northern Ireland, but but I believe there was a different level we could go to. Um, healthcare, certainly in Northern Ireland, has focused towards more, I call medical care. As people are getting older, it's very much around, because of the pressures on healthcare, and, and we're seeing it again right now. So, you know, you have to look after the basics, people's medication, that they're eating properly, that they're washed properly. But the bit that for me that was suffering was people's social care in terms of their mental well-being, their interaction, um, their stimulus. So I thought if I could create an environment of both. Um, so I wanted somewhere that elderly people wanted to go to because, you know, I have to be honest, a lot of people don't want to go into a nursing home um, because their interpretation is it's a terrible place you go to die and it, there's no um, stimulus in it. And I also wanted a place where children and grandchildren really wanted to come so if I could create somewhere that on a Sunday grandchildren like were literally saying to their parents please take us here and see granny or granda I knew that was going to be the most amazing environment so we built it around both those two people um so in it we we put into the care home a cafe a spa a hair salon a pub an Irish pub and a cinema so that was the facilities and and pretty upmarket, but it wasn't just the building, it was the whole ethos. So we have a lifestyle team. Um, and so we have a medical care team and a lifestyle care team. So if I give you an example of a day, so a resident could get up in the morning at half eight, have their breakfast, um, they'll go to the cinema for yoga, and they'll then have their morning coffee in the cafe. Um, after that, they could go to a French class, they'll then have lunch, their family might come in and have lunch with them. In the afternoon, they might have a music class, an art class. They might do some gardening in our dementia garden. We have a dementia element to it as well. Um, on a, Every Friday night in the pub, we have Irish music. We have cocktail making classes. We have, you know, I have friends who have young children. When it opens, said, please, can we go for a week ourselves um, <laughs> for relaxation? So so that was the key point for me was the quality of life that those people had. But but yes, it was exceptionally difficult and, and probably nearly didn't open. Um, that's how difficult it was to disrupt the market. And then it was a huge success. 
Isn't that, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I agree. I mean, I had a great team around me. It wasn't, it wasn't me. Phenomenal people around me and staff on the ground and medical and care staff. And they did the work. I just came up with the idea and brought them along. Um, <laughs> nice. So it, it goes back again to it. The staff was involved, right? The people who are a part of the business are actively involved in the creative thinking and visioning the future of what this could be. And it's not, you know, it's not that limited one one um, perspective view of how. No, it absolutely not. I mean, it's critical in any creative thinking in a business. You bring different people in at different levels. You bring diversity in. Um, you know, if you have everyone in the room, same age, from the same place, worked in the same place, it's groupthink. Um, so I was very cautious and, and very adamant that we wanted different people. I brought in different consultants to the business and none of them were allowed to have um, healthcare experience. So all my team were saying, no, we need people who understand this industry. I said, no, that's exactly what we don't need. Um, so I brought someone in from a five-star hotel background, someone from a really high-end car showroom background. Um, and they were able to, as well, push us in different ways and, and you know, come up with, because those people can come up with crazy ideas because they're not in the business and there's not no right or wrong. Um, actually, if I am if I do another project when you talk about children, I'm going to bring children into the strategic thinking as well. That's a project I want to do in, in terms of opening another business um, because I just think children would be amazing in terms of what they would come up with. Yes. And that that whole environment and what you're describing points to like, you know, this just isn't just for the business owner. This is also for the change makers within organizations. I know a lot of women who listen to this podcast, you know, their desire is not necessarily to be the entrepreneur owning their own business, but they are passionate about their workplace and Mm -hmm. they do want to bring innovation, creativity, and strategic planning to their organization. And so it can be done on many levels and in many different environments. Um, so I'm thinking about those women right now, particularly whether, you know, they're, um, within an organization, whether they're the business owner leading a team and they know they're stuck or they're spinning a little bit right now, what advice would you give them to just take the first steps to get out of that swirl? Well, obviously I'm biased and and you're a coach as well. I couldn't have achieved what I achieved without someone externally, you know, helping me disrupt my own thinking. So that would be my advice on a bigger scale. Um, On a day-to-day, what I do find is people who are spinning, and I was one of them, a lot of times you're exhausted. Um, You're in this cycle, you're just running to keep going. So if at all possible, just take a week off. Um, Build in time. You know, people say they don't have time. You need to build in time to think properly. Um, take time out. So you, you need to recreate the shower or the bath or the just about to get into bed for an hour or two in work, whether that means going to the park for an hour, going out in fresh air, um, but just taking time. And, and simple things. I and mean, I use, I have a notebook with me all the time. Ideas come into your head when you least want them. And if it's like a gift. If you don't capture them, we all know that ourselves. God, what, I had this brilliant idea yesterday. What was it? Um, and with your team, now this has to be done cautiously because when I started with that team, they were never used to their previous manager asking their opinion. So when you ask staff's opinion who've been in this um, environment where it comes top down, when you ask them, look, what do you think? Straight away, they're scared of getting it wrong. So you have to soften it. You have to, you know, take time. And none of us can, you know, can just come up with a new idea on the spot. It's 
But, you know, one of the questions I would say to staff continuously, and I do it with my own team now, look, guys, if you own this business, like, what would you do with it right now? What one thing would you change right now to improve this? And start small. And, you know, I'm asking my team even now questions all the time because my job is to help my team think creatively because the more that they can think for themselves to solve problems, the least amount of time that I have to interject to solve the problem for them. That For me, that is a weekly job of any leader, that you're constantly bringing them along with you. Because what happens, I see very often, is leaders are way ahead. And that's fine. The team are keeping up with them. But then when something like this happens, the team are too far behind the leader. And then COVID comes, the leader's running, trying to sort out all these problems. So they're not there for the staff as much to be able to answer questions and solve things for them. And that's when real problems happen in my experience as well. Absolutely. I've heard different stories of, you know, going back right after March 13th. That was the Friday where it all just kind of like we got the news, the schools were closing, different businesses were not going to open. And hearing the stories from different businesses about what happened in the weeks following and which ones were still trying to recover over the summer as opposed to the ones where the the leaders at the top had to step away to be on webinars and to get updates from the CDC and to create those business plans and the, you know leaving their teams to run the operations and answer questions you know some businesses did not fare well and were still recovering months after and some like it's like they didn't skip a beat other than the obvious like restrictions imposed on them but they were actually completely able to meet the needs of their customers and get right back in the swing of things. And, you know, that was due to the work done in advance Mm -hmm. of the crisis. Yes. Mm -hmm. But now that we're in a crisis, there's still this work that can be done because one, it's not going away quickly. And two, there's always something on the horizon, not to scare people, but that, but that is life. There's always something unexpected coming down the pipeline. And how well is your business positioned to absorb the impact of the unexpected? And this is great work to be doing right now. Uh, Kara, any last thoughts before we say goodbye? Um, no, look, I mean, I hope it's helped your listeners and they've been able to get something from it. If anyone wants to reach out to me um, in terms of asking advice or um, as I said, at the beginning, my new website goes live next week, but they can email me directly and I'm happy to answer any questions. My email is just hello at Um And as I said, I've been through a lot of the ups and downs, so I, I understand what people are going through now. Yes. And fingers crossed, your website will be up and running and beautiful at the time this episode drops. So I'm assuming it is go to and find out more about you. So my new website is caram.org.uk. Caram.org.uk. And for those listening, Caram is spelled C-A-R-A-M. So C-A-R-A-M.org.uk. 
And for those of you who are in the car or on the run, you know you can find all of this information at womentakingthelead.com. You can find the show notes that go that go along with this episode at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Cara, C-A-R-A dash Macklin, M-A-C-K-L-I-N. And Cara, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous, Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.